0: Continuation of everything, there's a lot of healing that needs to happen in this room, there's a lot of hurting people that are in this room, and um, so I just want to, maybe if you guys are close to them, just lay a hand on them, and then um, if we can just um, pray for them specifically, but then just also for God's healing power, just to be honest, today. Um, Let me pray for them. Um, Lord Father, we um, just submit ourselves, Father, holy, unto your just full love um, right now. Um, and try to understand things that internally are so hard to understand um, and the depth of your plan and your sovereignty that is so hard for us and our um, just insufficient wisdom on earth to understand, Father. We try to grasp those things, but Father, we just submit yourselves now to you, Father, that you might fill us with hope, um, that you might renew, um, uh, you know, just our courage and our heart, Father, that you would strengthen us right now, Father, Father. And especially, we just lift out a hand for Roger and Thesha, Father, as they go forth, as they spend time with the family, as they um, dwell, Father, on this um, season, this time. Um, Father, that you would be with them during the morning, uh, that you would be with the family during the morning. And, Father, that you would be a light um, on, unto them, Father, that they might be a light unto the rest of their family, that they could offer hope, uh, that they could offer strength for the rest of their family, Father, but that they would find all their hope and all their purpose and all their strength, Father, in you during this time, Father. Father, we know of your healing power, and we know of its truth, Father. So right now, we just in agreement, Father, just say yes to that, and say yes to um, just your plans for us today, and everybody in this room that is hurting, Father, everybody in this room that has things going on, Father, Father, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, so, um, do you mind if I use this, Don, is that okay? Am I going to totally jack you up? Maybe I'll just do that, eh? Okay? What's the point of an iPad when you have to use a thing, you know, technology. Um, so I wanted to talk about something that's kind of prime for the course for right now, for the season. Um, and I just, I, the one thing I, this topic that really just kind of messes with me is because I get it up here mentally, but I struggle with it internally. Um, and and so sort to of just to preface that, I I want to say, like, you guys track with me whenever I say spiritual ma- knowledge isn't something that is just intellectual. You can't just be smart and get it, you know? Like, I kind of like numbers, but that does nothing for me when it comes to trying to understand the gospel at all. Um, and, and in that, and I, I think the reason why we have great issue with it is because, you know, we all kind of have issues a little bit. Um, but the word even says this. Uh, you know just about knowledge and, and earthly wisdom as we enter into a relationship with Christ. You know, he says two things. One is this, is that um, he he frustrates the minds of the wise. He frustrates the mind of the wise. And then he also says this, he he will give those over to a depraved mind who abuse knowledge that he has given them. He will give them over to a a depraved mind. Um, And so just tracking with this, I want to unpack Chad Green a little bit. I did some of this last time, and so hopefully, I hope there's a lot of new people in the room, but... Um, I am so a young guy, only 28, um, I have a, a degree in fast-track tr- fast college courses from SNU because I hate school, cannot stand it, I still went and got my degree, my parents are really proud of me for that, um, but I hated school, and I, I just don't like that, and I'm different, I'm just, I spend a lot of time on the mission field, but I remember whenever I started working in the mission about five years ago, actually five years today, um, or five years tomorrow, um, that I, I made kind of like, only time I've like really made a contract with God that I've kind of been proud about, you know how, you know like when you do bad stuff, and you're like, God, please get me out of this, and I promise that I'll do that. you know, kind of thing. But I, uh, whenever I started, I kind of just committed to myself that I wasn't going to like be in agreement with anything so quick as to say, this is a banner that I was going to fly underneath now, because this is just the way that it is you know you know how some people do that you know like there's you know like they're like oh i'm just really passionate about god and i really love him and everything and they're like but everything that comes out of their life is suggestive of this over here and you're like what is going on there you know like what are you do what are you talking about you know that doesn't make sense you know you have a co-worker that's like you know like just really passionate about one particular thing and like that becomes what they're all about like Like, um, I don't even know, like, just something like, like, animals or something. You know, like, it's just like, everything's about animals. You know, I just love animals, and everything revolves around animals. Now, if there's animal lovers in here, I didn't mean to dog you or anything like that. Uh, But, or just something interesting like that. And it becomes this banner, and I I told God that, like, when it comes to, like, his character and who people thought his character was, I didn't want to be so settled on one thing that I was just convinced, I, like, at the age of 23, that I absolutely for sure knew who God was. You know, like, you know, like, naive young kids are like, oh, God is definitely like this. You know, when they have no life experience, they have never experienced anything. They've just been, like, riding the mom and dad, like, train their whole life, you know, but they're like, God is definitely like this. You know, and you're like, ah, but, uh. So, like, that was one thing that I kind of just was kind of, I've liked about that. The only, th- the thing is is that it's totally rocked my world working at the mission. And if you can get anything at, at the mission, is that everything is like, high, everything is elevated. So when we think about sin, like, sin is like, woof, like you can see people sin. You know, like, and you see it, and it's obvious. When you see people who have like, are rebellious, it's like, boom, they're rebellious. You know, like, crazy rebellious. Like, you should probably do 20 years rebellious. You know, like, um, and then when you see people who are like, whenever they're like addicted to something, it's like, boom, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, it's crazy. Um, and, and, and that's been good for me because I've always felt like, I've always felt like, it, it, especially not going deep into my past, but I've always been one to question whether or not i really hear the voice of God, you know, like you, you ever felt like that, you know, felt like God was telling you something or felt like you were, you know, you just... That was the way it was supposed to, but you still always, just there's part of you that question it because you're like, oh, but I never get it right, you know, like, or it just never works, you know, like, I always end up making the wrong decision, um, and so I never get it right, but the cool thing about the mission is like, like, I haven't, you can't go one day without just like, it being obvious in your face, just like, boom, 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 and being in a position where I've said, you know what, I don't want to convince myself of anything, nothing is black and white, like, I avenge, like, every single day, kind of almost to a point where I'm, like, my internal being is, like, crippled. You know, to where, like, I can no longer answer that question because I don't want to say, because somebody will approach me, or Tim will approach me, and I'll, and, and I'll be like, mm, and, and I can't just go, yeah, bam, there's your answer, Sign see you later. You know, it's not like that, ever. And, but the thing is, it's like, City Rescue Mission gets 640 beds, right? So we got 500 people staying there every single night, and everybody's different. And everybody's problems are different. And everybody's solutions are different. And everybody's past is different, you know? And everybody's, you know, like, what everybody's struggling with today is different. You know, how everybody, like, like, vomits on everybody else, or how everybody, like, deals with their anger, it's all different. And so, like, the reason why I'm proud of myself for maybe making that commitment with myself is because, like, that's the way we have to be. That's the way we have to be when we're dealing with hurting people or whenever we're dealing with anybody. And here's why I want to say anybody. It's because we all got issues. We all got issues. And I want you to think about this. You know, you ever had like a little kid or you ever heard of like a little kid? I, my niece, this just happened to my niece. But um, she was having trouble running into stuff. And she was just like just walking and she was being clumsy and just would trip over things and running into stuff. And they thought, she's like Five. And they thought, well, maybe we should take her to an eye doctor, you know? And they, so they took her to an eye doctor, and she was, like, almost blind, you know, just like crazy, like, just couldn't see. But she had no idea. She had no idea. She had been raised that way. I mean, she never complained about anything. The only thing, the reason why they noticed is because she was running into stuff, you know? And and so I what you know what I like about the mission is you're in a situation where you can't like, you can't live life and they go, I don't have any issues. You know? We have, they have all, everybody been kind of brought to that level and we've gone, I've got an issue and I've got to deal with it. And what a humbling place that is. And you know what the struggle for maybe some people in this room today is that we can walk through life without going, i got issues. That maybe we've, maybe we've come to a church where Trev is here and we work with employees That we pick who we get to work with. And they never stretch us. They never push us or pull us. They never require any difference of us. And so what we do is we wake up at 8 o'clock on Monday morning and we go to work and we come home. And there's never, there's never even been any need there. It's just been kind of like, just walking through life. You know? And what we settle for is this like, seven steps to overcoming fear. Or like, ten steps to mastering Ephesians, all this kind of stuff. But you, have, you ever, have you ever been around somebody that like, they're like, they're solid. But whenever something bad happens, they kind of act out of normal and you're like, what is that? What was that? And the key is, is that those like, that like programmatic showmanship, that like, I've got my life settled down because I've mastered the 10 steps over here. That programmatic showmanship rarely ever works in the day of storm. It rarely ever works. And it usually gets blown up, you know, where you're just like, whoa. And you know what you're made? You're made to show that you're wanting. You're made to show that you have need there. You're made to show that there's room for growth and room for development there. Sorry, iPad delay. I wanted to say all that to get into this topic about freedom. For July 4th, you know, isn't it like, yeah? See that? See that connection? Does Trev do that? No? Huh? I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. I'm sorry. It's a big <laughs> um, and I struggle with this, uh, and so I, t- I talked about in struggling with this internally, because this idea of freedom gets often diluted by this idea that we're free in Christ, but yet we're not really free in Christ. You know, because most of us will leave here and be pressured by some weight, as we walk out of here um, that we're not truly defined by Christ and I, I love that it's always good when I read worship right before because it just like you know kind of like testifies to the message but it said you alone you are alone on my rescue you alone can save all these kind of things and we sing those songs and most of us sing them with great passion but as we go out and worship with our daily lives you know how it kind of cripples in you know it creeps in yes him alone but I probably need to make a move right here. You know, like, I probably need to step in and do something. And you get to even see that more at the mission. You know, um, people come in and they, you know, we, we have people from all different games. So we have, you know, maybe a a man comes in and he's got like, like six figures worth of child support due. You know? Six figures. I mean, that's worth like going, poof. You know, it's crazy. You have, um... Anybody comes in, 18 to 70 years old, man and woman, mentally unstable, completely stable, and they don't just struggle with one drug, they struggle with like 15 drugs. And they don't have a job, so you're like, how do you get money to pay for that, you know? And, and, um, and then individuals who come in who are, you know, you know, lust is a huge issue for them. Just huge. You can't, they can look, look at the opposite gender without freaking out you know, and it just being horrible, you know, um, and so many just inflated issues, but you see, the cool thing is, is and, and what I like about the position that when they come to us in a place of need, and a lot of them in a place where they can, and I love this, and this is so weird because the world doesn't look at it the same way, they come to us and they have nothing, they have absolutely nothing, and then we talk to them about a relationship with Christ, and about freedom, and about starting over, and about being a new creation, those terms all resonate in a different way than they do with people who maybe have baggage that they're still walking with and but I think when I was talking about kind of like the pressures oh, we gotta step in and everything the weird thing is how they respond next step after they become a new creation in Christ typically there's this oh there's freedom in Christ and then there's this other like again inflated like weird response which is like I gotta get a job right now I gotta get a job right now I gotta fix it right now we gotta go you know, like, or I got to be the most amazing parent right now. I got to go, you know, like, or I got to have a car or uh, I got to have a house, you know, like all these weird responses that you can just, oh, it's just so obvious that you look at and you go, man, look at what the world has done to us. Look at what the world has created in us that we must be this or must have this or must look like this. And it's crazy that we, we do that. I wanted to kind of talk about a, a couple stories um, and I think these are different ones than I've talked about before up here, but th- they just have had great impact on me. Um, just because, and I can completely fest- confess this, I was the most arrogant, ignorant, naive kid at 22. Wanted to do good, would, wanted to save the world, but actually thought that I could save the world by myself. You know, kind of thing. You know, and, and that's mind frame. I was kind of at, you know, and I wanted to do something good, but I was like, you know, but had no perspective whatsoever, and um, and so some crazy things just kind of rocked my world, and at, and, and at the core of who I was whenever I stepped into City Rescue Mission, and one story was, and I'm sure some of you guys have heard this, um, was the story about um, this guy, he's the only guy that ever threw a punch at me in City Rescue Mission, and me and him just kind of like, boom, clash, big time, and for the I had gotten to know him through a period of, you know, like, almost aggravated assaults, like events, um, over a period of about two years, and had got to just kind of know him, and City Rescue Mission, we always, we know we're going to be spit on, we know we're going to be hit at, we know we're going to be cussed at, and we just kind of take that position, and we kind of work through them with their, with their problems, you know, and hopefully that can be a communication of God's grace to them. And so... There had been that kind of like relationship with us where I, you know, me being a naive kid would get angry with him and and probably didn't respond the best way with him. But, um, you know, after two years, two years of getting to know him, um, I finally just finally had the chance and like the foresight to go let's sit, let's sit down and let's talk about your life. You know, like what's going on. And I had known him for two years. And it turns out the year that be, before I had met him, his his he was driving. Um, in a, uh, I, I don't know the proper, but he was, he was, he had, he just buried his mom, um, and was driving in a Procession. procession, procession, okay, sorry, um, and he was one of the lead cars in it, and he had him, his wife, and his three daughters in the back seats, and they were just driving through the procession, and a drunk driver came through and just wiped out his car in the middle of the procession. Three daughters and his wife died just like that. Just like that. Like a year before I'd met him, you know? And he was completely normal. He's one of those guys that you would look at and go, man, you just, you're solid. You just, why do you drink so much kind of thing? Yeah, and, 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 and that was probably the only thing that was holding him back. He didn't care about life. He didn't, he didn't, he was at a point where he just had given up and everything like that. Um, well, then there's another guy. And I'm sorry i pass passed through stories like this, but like stories like this happen like all the time. The mission. Everybody's filled with these stories. There was another time, I, and, and I had just come to the work at the mission, and um, and I'd just gotten recently married, like a week before I'd come to work at the mission, and so I was kind of like on this like kick to be like the best dad and, and best husband, you know, and we have a family department, and up on the wall uh, in our family department, there was a picture of a little baby up there, uh, not a baby, there was a picture of a 13-year-old, a little baby holding a baby, obviously in the delivery area. It was hers. It's her baby. She was only 13. So I investigated more into the story and, and just figured some more out and 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 um and had realized that that baby came from her stepdad. If you guys are tracking with me to not be too and and it was because her mom was trying to train her for a way of life um to become like to sell her body because that's what all her mom knew. And so just like this unraveled, and I, I I, finally got to talk with the stepdad a little bit about that because I was angry at the stepdad and everything. And it turned out that like his story and my story were exactly sim- similar, except he, I had good positive influence in my life, and he didn't have positive influence in his life. So whenever like this time in his life came, he he had rejected, he had gone this route, and I had gone this route. And just all these different just kind of stories of things. And, and it got me thinking today, just to kind of When unpacking this about freedom, I mean, I have been so scared, so scared to kind of like unpack internally, you know, to unpack internally how I feel about things or why I think, like, how can we talk about grace or how can we talk about mercy and freedom and it be the diluted version, how can we feel this way about grace and mercy and it be a diluted version of what we actually portray with our actual lives on a daily basis, you talk about the depth of God's grace and the depth of his mercy that he laid his life down for us. And then he's asked us to enter into that same walk, that same journey that he embarked on. And yet our daily life looks different. And, we, and, and how can we be okay with that not being a rejection of his call for us? And why does it look different? And why have we become okay with that, that it looks different? But I've become so scared to preach a gospel on grace and mercy because... I'm afraid of people that are going to go, well, you know, you don't want to give two people too much room. You know? Or talk about freedom, talk about grace, talk about loving people and say, oh, but you can't do it this way because they might take advantage of you this way. But you know what I've come to know is that God has already set up in his word. He has already established in his word what's going to happen to those who reject him he's already set up in his word exactly what's going to happen to those who are given a knowledge or given a grace, given an understanding and reject that. And what's going to happen? Or those who, who are going to reject him altogether and never even listen. He's already said that. But his call for us is that we continue to live out this life of freedom. We continue to live out this life that fully demonstrates his grace. We continue to live out this life that fully demonstrates his mercy. <clears throat> One of the core things and um, we kind of try to talk about to our women at, at the shelter is, you know, we always talk about um, God kind of filling that void, you know, within them. Because a lot of people want to go, hey, what's the biggest issue around, you know, homelessness or anything? And and um, we... We, you know, the typical answer is like, maybe it's mental illness, or maybe it's, it's addiction or something like that. The, like, the, the biggest issue by far is relationship, is relationship. And that can mean maybe with your direct, who, who you choose to be your spouse, but it can also, most often means who are you in relationship with around you? You know, who are you and who is, like your family, who is your family? I think the biggest breakdown for most people that kind of fall is because they don't have any more supports, they don't have any more support there to surround them. And some people are just kind of naturally born into that and they need community to surround them. Some people kind of burn those bridges and that's why that happens. Some people choose the wrong people. I mean, number one issue for women in the shelters is that they choose to be with the wrong guys, by far. Choose to. I mean, and now that's not to say that that's the guy's fault, <laughs> that's the girl's fault, you know, she's got to be wiser in which women she chooses. But that's the number one issue, and, and, and it's just weird how we choose things. We choose wh- whatever it is, um, whether it's money, whether it's fame, whether it's title, whether it's position, to fill that void in with us. And I, and I heard this line from, you guys know who Matt Chandler, you guys know who Matt Chandler is? He speaks at the Village Church in Dallas, but he says this, he goes, you know, you're going to fall, and you're going to fail short. And everybody in this room is going to do that today. And there is no way for you to muster up enough strength to overcome that. You can't do it. You can't do it alone. There's no way for you to muster up enough strength to overcome this stuff that you cannot beat. You cannot beat it. And now, I don't know what it is, and, and, and most times, like addictions, like with our clients at the mission and other things, most of the time, there's underlying issues that press into everything, and it goes deeper, and maybe the addiction is just what they're using to fill it. But you can't muster up enough strength to be anything in your life apart from Christ. It has to be Him. <clears throat> this life that, we're, that we are leading um, is going to be that continual, continual fight. To be stretched, but not to become numb. And what I mean by that is this, is that I found that for individuals at the mission, whenever they're in a pursuit of God, and whenever they've kind of laid bare, and, and for, for even for myself too, that as I go, that I either choose two routes, and one of them is this life of kind of complacency, um, which is easy on the, on the front side. But it makes me become numb to the Lord. You know, it makes me become numb to Him. To where when I think about ideas like grace and freedom and mercy, those become diluted quicker whenever I settle for this life of complacency where I'm not pushed into relationship with them. But it's gonna be a continual fight for us to become stretched. And what I mean by stretched is in the trenches, asking for him to change us, asking for him to move in us, asking for him to reveal to him our spiritual giftings, asking for the Holy Spirit to change us, to motivate us to live greater, um, asking for all those things. And, And at the same time, believing in God that he is who he says he is, that he is the healer, that he is the hope of the world, that he is the redeemer, that he saves and that he rescues. And I know for me, I've I've come to realize, because my wife works in the secular, um, that, man, it's much easier for me to see that on a daily basis because I'm right there in the trenches and I feel like, I praise God, like he put me in a place where I can't ignore it. But for you guys going out from here, this message of freedom and God's grace and his mercy is huge. It's big. And if I had more time, maybe I could unpack some reasons why I think the world is desperate for it. I think they're desperate for it. And and the secular, everybody is desperate for it. They want to hear it. But this watered down, kind of like mediocre version of it is something that's not going to move them. It doesn't move them. It's, and it doesn't make waves either. It doesn't bear fruit. It's not who he is. But this message of true, truly God's freedom and the power that it walks, the, the power that comes from that, the, the, the depth in which God's spirit can move and impart truth to people's lives and change them, that's what we have got to administer whenever we go out from here. And we've got to believe that when we go out from here. I had this last line, and, um, and it talked about, um, where is it? Um, oh, that, um, you know, as we face today, and I don't, is Don in here? Don, you want to come back up? I know that you're going to do a song of worship, right? Um, you know, that just as, the, at the, at, that as we uh, take this off. I do not know how I did not kick over that coffee. Um, that is, um, we embrace life today. I, I, I hope that you know I. I love where, we at, where I work at the mission, and I and I pray God lets me stay there for forever. Um, and I, I can't speak to you know truly um, what's gonna you know, like, what's best for people, I still don't feel like I'm that there, you know. Um, and and I, I hope you guys don't try to hear me saying that. But I, what I can speak to is this. And is that there are, there are so many hurting people out there in the world. And, you know, the mission's a great place to find those people. And if, I mean, so much so that I, could, I can honestly say this. If you don't see a need, it's because you're not looking. And if you can 't see a need right where you 're at now i 'm not talking about church maybe i 'm talking at home maybe i 'm talking at work maybe i 'm talking um, with some social group that you hang out with if you can't see a need it 's because you 're not looking and we 've got to pray that God would kind of impart his wisdom over us that we could see those issues that we could see into the pain of people because maybe the reason why we 're not believing in that true freedom and that true mercy and that true grace is because We've positioned ourselves in a place where we reject to see it, where we reject to notice it, um, and where we reject to to kind of take part in that journey with somebody. Um, and so I'll just kind of let Don go and then, and then come back up here with some final words. But um, may this time just of worship right here be a time where maybe we just uh, position ourselves in front of God to say, listen, God, I have some issues. Um, I humbly confess that... Um, I come to you imperfect um, but that um, I see myself as your light and I see myself as the vessel of love in which you want to share with this world and so may you see within me a heart and a soul and a body that desires that change to happen in me, desires for whatever area of my life to become anew (laughs) let's do that So Let's go ahead and just stand up one last time and just to kind of stretch your leg.